Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Two Loose Head Sports Show, the number one sports show on planet Earth. Firstly, can I ask that if you haven't already, please subscribe to this channel, like, share, comment, get around us on Instagram, Facebook, Tinder, TikTok, Grinder, Hinge. Uh, what, what else? What else is there? Bumble. Bumble. Yeah, Bumble. Whatever. Get in there. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Slightly, uh, slightly tired, but um, I'm excited. I'm excited. Hey, let's get into it. I just watched uh, 60 minutes of the debacle that was the Rebels' performance against the Force. Um, what did you make of that? It, it to me, like I, I was reading all the shit online from Rebels fans saying you're not trying. There's no effort, and I don't think that's true. I think that they were de- they genuinely were were ripping in. Um, and you, you said it to me privately offline. They just can't score points. What was no. your take? What was your take on the game? Because from what I've seen, they had a couple of opportunities, but they just couldn't get over the line. It was it was exactly what I expected. Um, and if I was a different man, I would have bet that they would lose by more than fifteen points. They just they can't score points. They don't have. Um, they have a one dynamic player, and it's the reserve number eight, who is a phenomenal ball carrier. Uh, obviously, can't go big minutes, but if you look through their whole forward pack back line. Those guys are ripping in. There's no doubt that they're ripping in. They work very hard. They're quite gritty, but they don't have the ability to beat people one-on-one or score points. They don't have a strong enough scrum. They don't have a good enough maul. And if they throw it out wide, there's just not enough. There's no dynamic play. So they need people back who can beat people one-on-one. If they're going to, they're in big trouble. Mate, just, just on that in general, do you think that in some ways, because of the way rugby's been in this country for the last... 10 to 15 years that those those broken field runners those dynamic ball carriers get you know get through the defense kind of players have become few and far between what do you what do you think that is absolutely i just look it wasn't popular you got to fit the mold you got to fit the mold so you got a lot of those guys a lot of the times are not great at the basics um and they've tended to be on the outer since you and me started playing till now. Um, and what you do need is guys who are good at all the basics. So good at tackling, good at rucks, good. A lot of the times, you know, you're flashy number six or you're really fast, you know, second rower or, you you know, there's a guy in the back line. He might not be a good defender, but he's a he's a try-scoring machine, you know. So um, the Rebels don't have a try-scoring machine um, and they only have one guy who's really a proper ball-carrying guy and he's on the bench. So... Um, I worry for them at the moment. I think they're in trouble. They also had some injury concerns. Jordan Alessi is just, you know, I don't know him personally, but he's he's riding like it's got to be like a four or five year injury run. I mean, like with playing, but then injured, playing, then injured. Um, I actually think they're going to have a, a tough game against the drill. Um, I would like to be a hooker in this country at the moment, just quietly. I can know. On, on that, um, let's talk about the Tars performance. I watched the game. I had I'd had a couple of beers while I was watching it, so my recollection of the game might not be uh, as accurate as yours. I know you have a photographic memory; never forgotten anything, never will. Correct. Um, to to me, it looked like they stole defeat from the clutches of victory. They had opportunities, and and there was some poor execution at the end that might have let them down. Obviously, you, you can't blame the whole game on moments at the end. That's just not fair to certain players. There are moments throughout the game where they could have consolidated and really taken over. What was your take on the game? Uh, I tend to agree. I, firstly, the Force are good. They're a good team. 
they're going to trouble some people. Um, the Montego, look, I it was a close game. It was a grind. As soon as Tupo, I found out he was out. That, game, game. that game's wide open. And yep. like, it's that's not me dick riding Tupo. That's just the reality. If everyone, if every tight head in Australia is at best a seven, he's a nine and a half. So he, I think he's a seven point play for the Reds. Um, and you saw it because the Tars scrum was decent. Yeah. Um, if Tupo plays, that's literally flipped on its head. Uh, and then Tate McDermott went off uh, early and Murphy went off early. It is uh, absolute perfect storm for the Tars to win that game. It's pissing down at Brookville. I mean, at Leichhardt, you can't make subs in that game. And I'm not referring to the hooking subs. I'm referring to any subs. Um, yeah. We've both played in games where it's tight and you just look at the coach because we're both fucked and they go, tough shit. I don't care if you're a little bit slower. Like, we need the scrum stable. You know, I was surprised. Like, I'm Tane's biggest fucking fan. I'm surprised Tane got on the field. Um unless there was a like a, a proper injury where the guy, I think maybe Cridge hurt himself to where he couldn't play anymore. Unless that happened, I have no fucking clue why people were on the field. Let's, let's, let's talk about that for a little bit. So um, I'm not sure if you're across some of Ben Darwin's work. So he's, he's got a company called, I, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but the, the fundamental outcome of the research that they've done on, on why teams succeed is something called cohesion. So Cohesion is built like, you know, the great Eastwood teams that you were a part of. It was relatively similar players year on year. You you learned to play together. You grew up together. And it was a consistent, cohesive team. Every, every time a coach makes a change or drops someone or, or puts players off the bench, the cohesiveness of your, of your team sort of drops a little bit. So what... what if you, you were coach of the Tars, you would have kept the guys on for 80 minutes to keep the cohesion of the team and to let those guys grind it out. Well, you've got to look at it like in terms of the season. Like, we were, it's not, they weren't down by 12. They weren't down by 15. They weren't even down by 10. Like, it's 10 all sort of thing. If you're identifying, you're, you're going, okay, you know, this many wins would be good this season. Obviously, we're never going to give up, but there's certain games where you, you, you can put people on. Um, if you're losing and you, you know, it's looking unlikely you need to mix things up or you're winning like the Drua last week and you can give everyone some minutes. This was a game that could be won. It was right there. It was literally all they had to do was grab it, but six, seven subs or whatever it was. Changes your team completely. But also, like we spoke about last week, it varies position to position. There was already some injuries this week. So Swinton was out. Everyone had sort of bumped up. Lange, very good player, but he's on debut. Um, Jeremy Williams goes to six, like Max Douglas goes to the bench. Like there's lots happening. I would have made zero changes. Yeah. Absolutely zero changes. And the guy, I don't expect that there would have been like guys aren't kicking hissy fits over it. Like if they beat the Reds, right? Think about that. The reigning champion. Compared to last year, you know, two in a row to start the year. Gets them off to a good run. They've got their confidence back. They're, they're winning again. Yeah, you know, like something that they haven't been able to do for a while. It won't have an like if you're really, really being fickle. It'll have an asterisk next to it because two bows out. This guy's out. It doesn't have an asterisk next to it. it. Like they're they're still a good team that are at the moment not playing well, but managing to win, which is itself a skill. I don't make a single change in that game. If Cridge is injured, I make that sub. That's fucking it. The front row stays on. Uh, 
the back line stays the same. Sorry, Tane, I love you, but you're not coming on. Uh, Jamie Roberts doesn't come on. Um, no, no subs. And I, I think if they made no subs, they would have won. So for me, if you're a TAR supporter, I think you could have gone 2-0 and and knocked off the, you know, the, the reigning champions. I think it was probably heartbreaking if I was a, for the TAR supporters and players. Yeah, no, I agree. That was that was definitely a case of stealing defeat from the clutches of victory. Um, just quickly, can I did I recall accurately that the great Ruan Smith has now played for all five Super Rugby franchises? Was that yeah. something that happened? Yeah, it's fucking unbelievable. Amazing. Considering when was the last time he was at the Rebels? I, I talked to him last week, but I didn't ask. So he hadn't played properly till he played an A game last weekend, and this is his second game back since he was last at the Melbourne Rebels. Yeah, but I mean. Had it not like slight difference, you know, like when you got a guy like him and Tetra on the bench, right? For instance, they've you got play them. Yes, correct. But if there's a drop off in caliber, which there is around the world, whether it be Premiership or Shoot Shield, if you've got a starting fucking seven who's the best seven in the world, and your reserve seven is not quite there, he's there at a, you know, you he just doesn't play minutes in those games. He doesn't, and unfortunately, on the weekend they did. And it was a, it's an opportunity lost, man. It's opportunity lost. I was gutted for them, actually. Disappointing. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, shout out to Ruan. Fantastic human, big supporter of the show. We should get him on here. Ruan, if you're listening, you're welcome at any time. Um, <laughs> Brumby's game. I could only imagine that Dan, Mc, did you watch the Brumby's game? Obviously you did. You watch everything. I could only imagine Dan McKellar fucking yelling his head off in the coaching box when they fuck up, fucked up multiple mall tries in the first half. What was your take on the what was your take on the game? I mean, they were always going to win that game. Um, I, I didn't see any real improvement from the drawer. And and to me, I, I watched the first 50 minutes and I, I I feel like the Brumbies left a heap of points out there. Oh, heaps, heaps and heaps and heaps. The problem, I mean, I posted something uh, the 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 drawer taking a shot 20 nil down, you know, 35 minutes in. Uh, they're gonna have to chance their arm. They're still They've been on the right side of scrum penalties so far, which is very odd to me. I I haven't seen it as clear cut as that, but fine. Let's say you're on the right side of scrum penalties. I was just watching it again before. You know, 55 minutes in, you're down by 30. You get a full arm penalty. They're they're repacking scrums. Like, what the fuck is going on? They have to play football and some crazy football if they're going to put points up. Um, They've got the same problem as Melbourne at the moment in that they've scored no points. So they're coming into week three. I didn't see much. I didn't. I haven't seen any improvement from them. But I've really only seen maybe two actually instances of line breaks, like exciting line breaks, dangers. Particularly from the draw, mate. You'd, you'd feel they'd have the best broken field runners in the competition, judging off some of the caliber of the players that they actually have. I mean, there's two Olympic gold medalist sevens players in the squad, and, and some solid footballers there. But you're right; they haven't shown a lot. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I felt like they took a step backwards from the Tars. They're playing, man, it's, look, uh, the Brumbies had some guys arrested. Um, it was exciting. Uh, look, I think Nick Frost will play for the Wallabies. He's only 20. Yeah, I agree. I'm 22. He's fucking enormous. Um, he went to, famously went to Christchurch after Australian schoolboys instead of doing the Australian system. Um, so was he was he playing rugby uh, in the Crusaders system or was yeah. he was yeah. he just tra- playing club footy over there? No, he went. He, he signed sort of the Crusaders development sort of thing, um, straight out of Australian schoolboy. So a little bit of a um, a spanner in the works. But then he he 
basically came back for 20s and Brumby. So he's been out there for a couple of years now. I think at his sort of size, all, we, all that they've got to do is try and hold on to him. Um, i got a lot of time for that, by the another, way. Another, yeah, another guy who uh, I watched a lot of, Billy Pollard, the reserve hooker. Uh, yeah. So he signed a four-year deal out of Barker in 2020. Um, he was a dual code, played edge back row rugby league, fucking unbelievably fast. I did his highlights reel. Yeah, there you go. He's a good, can't he's, play. He's a good player. Got man. big raps on him too. Got big raps uh, on him too. I won't say from who, but from uh, you know similarly honest people to yourself. Well, so he, he's going to be very, very good for me. He could end up at a different franchise just because, the, like Lonergan was probably the best player in the field. I thought at hooker, um, if not Valentini, he was monstrous. So you know, if Pollard's not and they. If, if he's not going to get a lot of time down there, I see him as a guy who could start. Not he'd look good in a blue jersey, potentially. He would look good in a blue jersey. Not tomorrow, but, you know, mm. certainly in the not-too-distant future. He was, he's a very good footballer. Very good footballer. Um, just on the Nick Frost thing, I, I've, I've had this observation. Obviously, in the position that you or I are in, there's guys that look at our – there's clubs that look at our players and who will start to sniffing around. You know, so we get asked questions from guys. and and without throwing anyone under the bus, I, I feel like we, we've both seen players go to, to particular teams and it's almost ruined their career becoming a professional player at that particular team. So I think if you go the Nick Frost route, he's gone to the Crusaders, one of the best clubs in the world, most successful sporting teams, you know, it's certainly up there. Then the Brumbies who, who are, you know, traditionally over the last 10 years, probably the most successful Australian um, franchise. He's going to have a long career. Whereas you see guys who go to other teams, get, <laughs> I always love it when I see that, get spit out the back door. And, and instead of having a long career, they might last a year or two and then they're back to working in, you know, in the mines or excavating or whatever. What's yeah. your take on that? Like how important is it for young players to make sure that they're going to a place where they can actually make the most of their potential and even in the short run, if it's less money or, or less opportunity, in the long run, they're going to be better off because they're going to be a better player. Yeah, I mean, you're blessed if you have more than one option, I think. So if you're like if you're a young kid who has the option of, you know, Brumbies or Tars, like you're, you are blessed. Like you're, you're clearly a talent. A lot of kids, I'd say, Gen Blue, the squad, the Gen Blue squad is, you know, when I was 18, whatever it was called then, it was probably 12 people. It's now 400. Um, so there's a lot. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but like, it's not exactly. It's it just it's just like basically when you leave school, you join it. Um, if you yeah. play first fifteen, um, there's certainly advantages to like doing a Billy Pollard or going to somewhere like Canberra, just because of who they produce. The risk, of course, is that he signed a four year deal, and I guarantee you the first couple of years is not much money, um, and if he went through all four of those years without playing much football, you know, no shoot shield, um, then he's he's back at square one a little bit. But he, people are putting faith in the Brumby system to develop them. And I'm sure there's been some ones that have gone sideways. I have no doubt. But the yeah. Brumbies are sort of proving themselves as a place where you can take the risk, um, you know, throw the money to one side and, 
you know, know that you'll regardless be a better footballer in the end. So I don't think you'll be going anywhere soon if they were smart. Um, but, you know, Nick Frost, I remember it happening at the time and I just thought, yeah, smart. I mean, look, the Crusaders have got to be, in terms of franchises, they've got to be top 10 in the world in terms of, oh, top three in the world in terms of success. So if they come, if they come knocking when you're 18, you, you fucking pick up the phone. Beautiful. Did you watch any other games? I'm going to watch France-Scotland tonight. Yeah, uh, so I can imagine that would have been a cracker. I, um, the one that was just insane was Blues-Hurricanes. Um, it was insanity. Firstly, like, RTS, man, I, I didn't know what he was going to be like. I knew I didn't think he was going to be a good winger, only because those guys have got too many wingers over there. they got wingers for days, every franchise. Um and I thought, fuck, 12. What the fuck? He was phenomenal at 12. He Every carry was game line. He had good touches. Effectively, he, he had a really good game, except for the final play where he, he got palmed off and Artie Sevilla scored. The Blues are a far better team than the Hurricanes. That was a – that talk about, you know, losing badly or like losing a game that you just had to win. They pissed that up against the wall. The Blues will be all right this year, but that was a phenomenal comeback. That was a crazy, that was a scary game. That was just phenomenal. I might watch that next as well. Um, I haven't seen that one yet. In the same game, they had, uh, I don't know if you heard the story about the young German player. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's awesome, isn't it? Insane. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. So very bad, but he went, he born like properly born in Frankfurt, like went on exchange. They went, oh, he's pretty good, threw him a scholarship. Turned out to be a gun, um, and now he's playing for the Blues. I uh, came on wearing twenty, you know, sort of tall blonde kid. Um, looked really tough, but just a cr- crazy story. Like, have you have you heard stories of the, the some of the New Zealand franchises, some of the recruiting things they do around the world, where they're looking at different sports, and no. they're starting to actually put their feelers out um, in terms of like Olympic lifting, wrestling, um, basketball players. AFL, so the, the the Kiwis are starting to get a little bit creative with their recruiting. Well, um, yeah, well, I mean, he he he's a good player, man. He's he was a good player, and that's a crazy story. But yeah, it's awesome, man. It's an awesome story. It's just great to see. So look, I think the um, Julian Sevilla played twelve as well, which was not surprising. Nice. Look, look, he looked a lot better than he did in too long. Um, but yeah, look, Roger Tuivasa-Shek actually could do some stuff. So I have to take back any um any disparaging comments or like basically doubt. I just didn't think, I just wasn't sure how he'd fit in, um, but he was very good. So they got him, Rico Ioani, and then Caleb Clark on the left side, which is just. That's a stacked back line. Of me, I mean, I was looking at them and then I was looking at the uh, Crusaders game before that. Like, that's Sam Whitelock and, and Scott Barrett in the second row. That's and crazy. Just, that's a stacked second row. And I'm just going, what is happening? How are they doing it? I don't know how they're keeping him there. Well, I think um, which one of them just went over to Japan for a... a Ritalik. Yeah. Or Ritalik. Or Ritalik no, said too, is Yeah, he's back. Um, it's just, it's mental. It's, it's crazy like, how you've got Scott Barrett, Brady Ritalik and Sam Whitelock and one of them's missing out. Those teams, yeah, those teams are, are stuck. The super New Zealand super teams are... They're so stacked. They could each be international sides or the, the top three of them. Um, but the, another one for me over there is 
what the fuck are they going to do with Moana Pacifica now? Yeah, they've lost two games. And uh, did I right. read 13 of them have got COVID now? They haven't played two games. No, but that's what I mean. They, oh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've lost the first two games of the season because of COVID. Yeah. But what do you do? Like, you can play one catch-up, right? Um, but, like, they're now two rounds lost. So that's going to be impossible to make up on the schedule. I don't know what they do with that. They can't split points because that's not fucking fair. Um, so uh, it's- I think for them, it's just a matter of getting on the field and, and you know, hoping for a good result. But, you know, that's two weeks of no games. I assume there's been very little to no training done at all. And yeah. They're about to go into the, the roughest contact sport in the world with no training. Um, yeah, man. It's, it's, I, don't, I honestly, I think that I, I'm happy that Drew are playing over here. Um, I think this weekend will be their best chance of taking a W. The best, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying they're anywhere near, they're probably a 10 minus 10 point, like, you know, underdog, but the force with injuries coming off two losses. This is their chance to do something. Yeah, so if they're going to do something, people will say, oh, you know, the Rebels, people, the Rebels. Well, both of them. They're like the Rebels need to get a W up. But if the Drew are going to win a game, it's not later in the season. I was reading people are going, oh, you know, their their uh, their connection will get better. Like what you were saying before, you know, the team where it won't. They're going to get injuries. They're going to, you know, guys who aren't used to playing a week in week out training professionally. They're going to burn later in the season. So this is their week. If they're going to get a W, it's this week. I love it. What else you got for me, sir? You said you got some admin. Yeah, I'm organized, that. which yeah, is I'm, awesome. I'm always organized, mate. Um, so I, I could say the same. Well, a big one for me. We sort of skimmed over the force. The force are a good side. They are. They are. They're a good side. I think it hurt not having Bailey Kunzel playing. Um, he, had, he had a little bit of a head knock yeah, the other week, yeah. so. and that that hurt them a little bit. Um, but again, they have guys who can score points. So, like, even when they're in trouble, they can score. Tim Anstey for me. And He's I'm playing well, biased. mate. I'm very biased. So, I'm just declaring it at the start. But he he's a fucking good player. He's he's going to trouble someone for some sort of jersey at some I, point. I completely agree. We were talking about this offline, and I didn't want to say that, but that was my, my thoughts as well. Like, he's looking like Wallaby number eight material at the moment. So, so he... Like, and I didn't get to tell you the whole thing. So he came to Eastwood straight out of school. Um, but he was fiddling around with like outside center and number eight, like all sorts of different shit. Um, and when he was signed by the sevens or went into the sevens program, he really hadn't even, I wouldn't say he was an established first grade cosplay. Like he, he wasn't. So he disappeared for, you know, how the sevens do for sort of four years, something like that. Um, yeah. So when we got him back in 2020, it was like, you know, what positions do you play these days? Like, I think, I don't know whether they were talking about center or not. Or, um, And then, you know, he played, we needed a second row, played second row. And he was, I think he grew heaps that season. He became a tough, tough man. And, you know, he's really fucking fast, like really, really fast, really fit, quite big. Um, so, you know, he got knocked around a little bit in a good way that season and he got, mate, they, he had teams fucking all over this country that wanted his signature for 2021. So I think it's only the start of him having back rows that are that fast is. Yeah. Refreshing. That's what we were saying before with the rebels and, and the other teams that don't have big ball 
yeah. carriers that can get over the line. He is someone that can do that. Mate, that, oh, he's very good. So, But if you look at their back row, like Stander and Kanteka, like for me, Kanteka five years ago probably – you know, was a reserve seven option. But, like, he's five years old. He's five years harder. He's playing good footy. Stander's always been hard as nails, unfortunately, if you had to play him. Um, you know, with Richard Carr, who's yeah, – the fact he's still playing is – It's awesome, too. He looks a fucking handsome man, isn't he? He's a handsome he, – look, he's got, to, he's got to watch the hairline. Everything but apart from that, he's fucking gorgeous. Um, but, um, like, if you put BK at 12 and then my favourite man in the world – Carl Godwin uh, at 13 is more of a safety safety center. Like, they're going to fucking do some damage. They're, they're a problem. I agree. And then you take that, right, and that sort of back row, and that, this is sort of, I think, the issue the Rebels have. Like, Wellesley's very good. I, I'll never knock Wellesley. I've been playing against him since I was 15. He always punches above his weight, whacks people. He's fit as hell. Good leader. But... Brad Wilkins not really an on-ball seven. He's more of like a utility seven. You know, like a he could play. He's played eight. He's played six. Like he's one of those guys. And then uh, Wallace is sort of more. He's probably halfway between. Well, he, he's he's a bit like Brad Wilkins as well. You know, so you got three guys who are working hard, um, but not not no genuine pilfering turnover turnovers. So. I don't know why that number eight on the bench, uh, you are Iona, so I can't remember the second part. Apologies, but why he isn't starting is beyond me. I don't know. Maybe put Wells to six potentially and, and chuck him at eight. Or I mean, the other way around. Put him yeah, at so six. I actually swapped Wells and Wallace this week, which I didn't understand. But like Wells, he's still out there whacking people. But as soon as, uh, as, soon as my mate got off the bench, he floored two guys. Like, you hate seeing Melbourne lose, though. I don't. I actually do hate seeing Melbourne. I don't. I have no feelings towards Melbourne losing. I got, but like, I got a mate down there. Like, I, I know people in Melbourne. I just think that whatever way they've come to their squad at the end of the day, they've ended up with it's just a little bit vanilla. They don't have their attack needs help. Now, losing Corabetti had sort of ruined any team, really. Yeah, I mean, losing Marika hurts. So I get that, but like. I don't know. I just think that they, they should be on the lookout for basically one or two game breakers, whether it's a winger or whether it's a number eight, whether it's a seven. It really doesn't matter. They need someone who's just got a bit of X factor. Now, tell me, we've talked, we talked about it um, briefly, but if you were a young player in this country, what position would you want to be playing right now? Hooker. Any other positions? Probably prop. I, uh, I, I reckon it'd be a great time to be a 10 as well. There's a lot of young 10s out there. Yeah, it's not a bad time to be a 10. I look, I'm, I mean, I look at the Tars and they've got, I think they've got three reasonably good 10s by sort of, you know. Is, is, anyone, pretty, is anyone standing out to you? No. I think the best 10's been probably Passatol. I agree. But like what I'm saying for, for the Tars, I mean, they're all three young, outstanding tens, but to me, no one's really grabbing that position yet. No, I think Don, like I, my critique. Donaldson's been good. Donaldson's been good. My critique of Donaldson's selection last year was the fact that he had not played football since leaving school, effectively. Um, I don't think that's unwarranted. The fact that, you know, he's got, he's playing reasonably good football, but like he's not, I don't think he's grabbed the jersey. And I don't think, I don't think Tane grabbed the jersey. In trials, I think he had one really good trial, and then 
but he was clearly on the back burner. Well, Harrison's been injured, so I don't know what their plan is with him. I heard that they've been playing him at fullback, but Nobby's actually been playing pretty well at fullback, so I don't know what you do there. But I know that one of those 10s won't be there next year, that's for sure. They'll, they'll figure it out somehow, and one of those guys will be gone. I'd want to be a hooker right now. I'd want to be a hooker as well. I mean, I think... They could throw. Yeah. I mean, I, I was watching the top league and I saw Anna Arangi and I thought, geez, what, the, what a franchise wouldn't pay for him. Or I, if I was GM, like I... The fact he's in Japan playing with uh, the rising, shining stars, whatever the hell their teams are called over there, is he for our team? He's great for him because he's pocketing yen like it's fucking going out of fashion, but... He's a phenomenal. He was a hard man as a hooker. Like so they need him. Have you ever thrown lineouts before? Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. Well, it's it's <laughs> it, it is hard. It it's is hard. hard at the level they do it, where like you know the arc of the ball or the release angle like really inhibits the lineout. It's very difficult. But conversely, they also practice every day. Yes. I, I look. I'm not making excuses for them. If you are playing professional rugby at hooker, you should be a good lineout thrower. Yeah, it's funny. It's sort of gone out the window a, a little bit. But the more, if you look, if your hooker's on point, you can really simplify your lineout. Like if you know your time is going to be good, um, you can simplify your lineout. Whereas if you look at like the Drewer or the Pacifica in their trial, you know whether they sort of got to sell ten fakes. So that their hooker can sort of lob in a 50-50 ball and they that they know they won't have any opposition. Whereas the teams like world-class teams can sort of just jump wherever they like, very little movement, knowing that their hooker will hit them on the spot. Um, so I think it, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a problem at the moment. Because I look, I've got to tell you, the Reds, the Reds have a hook at death problem, big time. The Tars have a hook at death problem. Yes, yes. And Melbourne have a fucking huge hook, hook at death problem. Like um, Chiba is, he's a, a, almost a cult legend. He's been around since the first NRC, so 07. Um, but he he's probably not going to be able to go 80 for the rest of the tournament. So I think, I think Alex Murphy's outstanding. So do I. I just don't think there's anyone after him. And I don't think that's nasty to say. I don't think it's nasty to say. I've seen, I've seen a little bit of NASA now. Like I've, and I, he's strong. He's not quite there. He's he's not his physical presence. He, he used to play prop. Yeah. So, so like, it, like, I think it's a really good time to be a hooker in the shoot shield. If anyone's listening and you're a hooker in the shoot shield, start We're training. Still, they'll start all be listening. Everyone, everyone in the world listens to us, particularly the shoot shield. Start training harder because this competition, by the time New Zealand gets out of uh, whatever country they're living in at the moment, some sort of dictatorship and gets over here um teams are gonna teams need hookers now so imagine in 10 weeks like you'll be playing for the force i'll be playing for the fucking tars fifth string hooker like it's, it's yeah, we'll, have a gentle, we'll have a gentleman's agreement when we're playing against each other of course like football only that's right that's right mate what else you got you 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 know, claiming yeah. organization and I, I am claiming. Um, I before I move on to something else, I am I'm updating my power rankings. Yeah, oh, yes, I was gonna ask you about that. So I've power I'm, rankings. I'm updating them. I've got Brumbies at one now. I think that they've just been the most consistent. Um, and they're they're clearly a good side. Yeah, I think that they have the ability to be beaten later, but 
teams aren't doing it for me. I think based on performances this week, Force go to two, uh, which is a big call because they started down at four. But yeah. they 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 smoked the Rebels. Like they 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 torched them. Like that yeah, could have yeah. they the Rebels didn't score a try. So they've got a good side. If they can keep their side on the paddock, they're a good team. And they were missing Bailey Kunzel, who I think is a big part for them. Uh I've got the Reds at three. The fact that they managed to keep winning games is impressive because they haven't played well. They haven't played well at all. O'Connor's been average. Um, you know, without Tupo, though, without Tate McDermott, the fact that they are able to win is impressive. So that, that we've spoken about that before. That takes something to do. So they're, they're probably on – it's harsh, two from two, and they're at three, but they're probably, for me, at three, just on performances. Tars are at four. They're getting better. They're a good side. I think that that – that basically subs killed them on the weekend. If they play that like a grand final, and I know you can't every game, but they would have won the game. So that hurt, man. I don't know the Tars guys. But I've spoken to a couple of them. They're fucking devastated. They should be because it was they. I thought they they're a very gritty side. Rebels obviously. Rebels are slipped all the way down. Rebels is our second last at the moment, and I don't. You know, with Jose out, um, who's no doubt a good player. Um, I think Nazarani is he out as well. Um, you've got Isiolesi's now out. Like I saw Kobus Elof was down. Um, it looked like Glenn Vahu on the wing maybe had a hand problem because they ended up playing Joe Powell on the wing and Bobby Tuttle at nine out of necessity, not out of choice. So they've got some injury concerns as well on top of the team they have at the moment. So I think the draw is going to be a fuck pain in the ass for them this week. How, how do you fix the super rugby depth problem? Uh, it's, a, it's a money. It's a money problem. It's a money problem. I think so. I look. I don't know what's going on with the force. I'm not casting dispersions or suggesting things are happening, but um, they seem to have. We spoke about it last week. The most well-rounded side. It's well-rounded yeah. in terms of a the squad. Their second strings not as far off. Uh, their first string is every other franchise. Well, as I think we talked about it. They, they seem to have gone about recruiting in a different way where they'll get guys, they'll get the young guys, but they'll also be surrounded by the old guys who are at the back end of their career. Yeah. As well, your but, Kahoos, your Greg Holmes type characters. I don't know. So I don't know whether payments operate differently there or maybe third-party agreements, given that their owner, um, but it's and a different Williams shares. Yeah, it's a death problem. Basically, like, you know very clearly, if you look at the Reds, not as much, but if you look, if you, yeah, if you look at the Reds, the Rebels, the Tars, you know where the money's spent. And there's absolutely no money spent anywhere else. Like, and that's not a slide on the players. Like, fuck, I was on $45,000 when I was a player. So it's not, I'm not saying that they're not, you know, doing their best to make cash, but, There'd be a lot of guys on minimum. You don't yeah. even get out of bed for that anymore. I certainly do. Um, there'd be there'd be so many guys on minimum man, at the Tars. So many guys on minimum at the Rebels. So you know what I think. You know what I think they got to do as well is the the second tier. So with the, we've talked about this ad nauseum. So I won't go too much into it. But with the shoot shield, there is a salary cap system. So the good guys tend to get picked up overseas. But I, I think if if you did it similar to the English Championship, where you're paying guys sort of decent wages, 30, 40K a year, 50K a year, you get a lot more guys staying at home. 
But something has happened, Chubby, because if you look at the sort of 23 to 30, five years ago, right? 23 to 30, I remember very distinctly, for most of the time I was in Melbourne, was myself, Mecha, Radiki Samo, Tom Kingston, Cam Crawford, Talusa Vainu and Ben Meehan. And Talusa Vainu's... All good players. Now killing it in England. Radiki Samo was a... Ben Mowen's killing it. Ben Me, yeah, he's a... Um, Ben Mann, sorry. Ben Mann's killing he's, he's Gloucester. I think he's at Gloucester, Gloucester now. now. He was Gloucester. a London Irish. Like Tom Kingston had already played 50 games for the Tars or whatever. Um, Cam Crawford done the same. Toured with the Wallabies. Like, things have changed a little bit. So, the guys now, if you looked at, like, I was looking at the Melbourne bench or, like, the suited up guys, I had no idea who they are. Fucking yeah. not a clue. So, the that sort of, those guys were just out of here, man. Whether they're in Japan, they're in... They're in uh, probably the MLR, to be quite honest. That cut that sort of standing, but, like, but like what I would say, yeah, like the MLR salaries can vary vary between like 10k a year to 50k at the highest. But if you if you're getting offered, just say you get offered 15k to go to New York, right? But Eastwood are offering you 60k to stay here. What are you going to do? Yeah, it change it does change things, um, and that's why you see in New Zealand a little bit with their. Might attend why guys like you get these old guys playing might attend till they're 40 because it suits them. But like if you were heading into season three of the Rebels, you've only played three games. Um, and the alternative is you know, you're on let's say you're on minimum like 80 70k, whatever. The alternative is 30,000 American, so you know, it's 60. You'd something. think about it, you'd think about it for the and life you, experience, definitely. Yeah, and you get to live in California or you get to live in Texas and you're playing football there. So that I can definitely see the, the attractiveness. So they, they've got a bolster. Basically, it's a, it's a money, it's just a money problem. That's all it is. It's a money yeah. problem. They need a they I was going through the caps, which I can use now, luckily, because I didn't end up uh, writing anything at the moment. But the French top 14 cap is 18 million Australian per uh, team. Per team plus effectively like a 250,000 euro dispensation for each French international, which is a lot for some teams. Um, English premierships around nine Australian. Um, and then I'm not even touching on French D2, which is in between those two, but, you know, and then we're at 4.4, 4.5. So like... It's a huge difference. Huge difference. And I I can't find stats anywhere on Japan, um, but it's, it's monumental, the difference. So, you know, there's some guys like two, two of the... You, know, you take the two best plays from, you know, start front, say, whether it's Lamarpi and don't know who else, like Paul Arlo Mill even, or like anyone, like that's a salary cap gone for a super team. Gone. Well, you, you just have to look at Rory Arnold going to Japan for around 1.5 million bucks a year to give yeah. you a good indication of what salaries are like over there. Yeah, like look at, uh, let's look at Mitch Short, right? He's a Racing 92 now, which is, He's done amazingly well. Good for, that. good for that guy. 100%. I like sure He's a good dude. So he's harassing. If he can hang on to anything harassing or hang on to something in France, minimum, whatever, mid, it doesn't matter. He, he, he's making four, four times what he makes here. So I, I, got a, I got a friend who got a contract. He was a top tier super rugby player, went over to France, was getting four times what he was getting here. Yeah. And, I mean, paying, less, and paying less tax too. I mean, yeah, a friend of mine last year did it as well. He's a he's second row. He 
like it wasn't even close, you know. Like it's 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 just not close, unfortunately. So the the pride in the jersey is keeping you alive here at the moment. But what you're seeing is this the sort of plays 15 to 35 in the squad are just they're just inexperienced. They're inexperienced. That's all. They're really inexperienced. A lot of those guys from pretty much all the franchises, like they've played almost no football. Do you want to talk about any world issues while we're here? No, I actually want to talk about one thing. My mate Tommy Cusack. Yes. yes. Crazy, crazy, crazy article came out about him um, having stage four leukemia. Um, but the story behind it, he like he was in my Australian schoolboys team in 2010, and he was a year under. So he was killing it and starting at six. Just a freak athlete, man. Just hard as nails, you know. And he's a good dude as well. And like obviously, there's pieces of shit around like me and Steve Cummins, um, but he's a genuinely good, good guy. Um, Rochi, Rochi, like, yeah, Rochi, like you know, Holloway, Rochi, yeah, Holloway, Bat Holloway at the time. Um, <laughs> but like, he, he was, you know, he was killing it then. He went straight out into the sevens, and he, he's just the fittest man alive. Like he says in the article, he he ran a four twenty one Bronco in at Brumbies, you know, co captain of the Brumbies, but effectively he played all 2021 with with cancer. So that's amazing man. And he so, didn't even he didn't know it that No, and he, he was wondering why his like fitness was waning. Like his his fitness waned a little bit and he had like a bloated like he's he shredded to the nines man like shredded. And he had like a bit of a bloated six pack thing he had and effectively played all the the lead up to the Olympics um the whole 21 super season where I think he was co-captain captain like you know, and then he sort of just has had to go and undergo all this treatment. So uh, that yeah. sucks, man. man he's, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. By yeah, I was, was lucky enough to. He came back for the sixteen NRC season with the with the Eagles. Right, Rams. Yeah, the, no, oh, the Eagles. And it's good to have him back. But he's a very, very good man. But clearly, like tougher than I could uh, put into words. He's the hardest man alive. So. Shout out to him. Um, yeah, mate, that was sad to hear that. Um, I hope he's okay, obviously. And, and look, something to, to take from that is that that there's always things that go on in life and it's just what you make of it. You Absolutely. Know? And, and you got to make the most of it. Obviously, you want me to talk about R- Russia invading the Ukraine. <laughs> uh, well, one? look, you're a big Russian fan. Obviously, you've got Ukraine heritage as well. I just want to get your take on that situation. Mate, what about Canada at the moment as well? There's so much bullshit going on. Should we talk? We don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. No, I, I, I'll just talk. I just the, the, made the interesting thing about the Ukraine that I was reading just now. But obviously, the, the Vitaly Klitschko is the mayor of Kiev, former world heavyweight champion of the world. He's um, him and his brother Vladimir, who fought, he was also the world heavyweight champion. Um, they've taken up guns, so they're fighting. Um, and then Alexander Usyk, who's the who's got all the belts, took him off AJ. He's fl- he's flown back to the, U- to the Ukraine today. So he's flown back. So they're just Ukraine are just going. Let's go, man. If you're uh, producing, if a country is producing three men such as those three guys, uh, that's obviously a hard place to live. You know, tough culture. Unbelievable. I mean, it's 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 very complicated. But I mean, it's it's just it's weird, man, because Ukraine aren't part of NATO, so. Can I ask you, and I've seen all this stuff online, obviously every all the media is smashing Putin, but there's just as many things that I've seen saying that there's actual political unrest in Ukraine and because of that situation, what Vladimir Putin Gillespie is doing is, is valid. But 
it's similar similar to anything in the world at the moment like you know i'm trying to learn more about crypto and all that kind of stuff but it seems like a lot of the people that put stuff out there have their own agendas yeah well sim- I mean, similar yeah. to the media like how do you how do you read through that and find out what's really going on well it's hard because russia are notorious for their online sort of have you uh, noticed on Facebook that they've actually started saying that pages are Russian-owned and operated? Yeah, yeah. They're notorious for their sort of propaganda, you know. So, yeah, it's 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 super, super complicated. It goes back to the USSR dissolving. Um, but if anything, you know what it's done? It's put some people's bullshit that I got to hear day in and day out about there's not enough trans koalas in the zoo and people need to put the sum of that shit on hold because there's literally a war in Europe. So like there's, there's some real problems there and I, I don't think anything's going to happen. I think they will take over Ukraine. Um, And I think China are going to take over Taiwan. It just makes you glad we live here, eh? Far enough away from all that shit. um, Yeah. the, The, and Canada is insane. The thing going, the stuff going on in Canada is unbelievable. He is uh, like a, Canada have always been the progressive, so they've always been a little bit of before above us. Like in terms of like if you go through their legal precedents and stuff like that, they've always just been a one step in front. So we follow them a lot. Yeah, um, but they're yeah, the Trudeau shut down the world. He has shut down their country. Um, Some of the shit that I've seen. Is fucking crazy there, man. Yeah. So, and you know, GoFundMe even what, that what went on there was just was just a debacle. So, uh, unfortunately, at the moment, it it depends what you're uh, protesting, whether you're allowed to protest or not. Not all not all opinions are seen as equal, and they're a very a very liberal place. Canada always been a place that are you know very welcoming and free and whatnot. But the the left can rear their head as well. So, unfortunately, Canada's in pieces. It's in fucking pieces. Hey, now, we, yeah, I was going to say we're we're two weeks away from uh, trials. We have our first trial this week coming up. Jeez, you guys have got got a lot of trials. Yeah, so we've got a trial, then a week off, then two trials, and then we're back into it. We're playing. Well, I, I looks like I'm literally a floating head now because it's got darker in the room. Um, the I heard that the Sydney Uni are playing the Rebels. A. Uh, yes, I've heard. I've heard that too. From all reports, or from what I can gather, rebels will be conscripting people into play for that game, given their numbers. Their numbers, how short they are at the moment. I don't know who the fuck's yeah. going to play for the rebels. A. Um, but that, by the way, absolutely no slight on Sydney Uni, but that's just the sort of like the power of having good connections. You know, like that's what an amazing trial match that is. The Mel- rebels, rebels A in Melbourne, like phenomenal. Um, it's a win-win. It's a win-win for uni. If you, you lose a game, you're expected to lose. But if you and and you can see where you're really at. And if you win the game, look at all the confidence the new young guys get out of that. I think they That's will really win. win-win. I, based yeah, on I, absolutely I so nothing, too. I think they'll win the game. I have no, I have no idea who's playing for uni. I have, I know one person will be playing for Melbourne only because he's a friend of mine, and that's it. I, I, so I've got no knowledge, but I think uni will probably win that game. Um, and. Yeah. So, no. Who have you got this weekend? So we we have we're going to barrel weather permitting. It's meant to piss down all week. Oh, that'll be fantastic. Uh, we're not we're not playing our first grade team, but there's like a mix between uh, Illawarriors, 
um, Barrel Blacks um, and Campbelltown Harlequins, and it's going to be like a mixed sort of lower grade team. We'll play those guys plus some some low grade games, and then we have Gordon and Warringah a couple of weeks after that. Yeah, nice. Well, I a think- couple of solid trials. How about yeah. you guys? Yeah, we're, we've got another sort of fortnight till our first game, but um, yeah, things need to ramp up a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's, it's It has snuck up a little bit, this block. I think this block's gone fast. Talk to me. Am I, is East with the only one, but I know how we train at different times. It has rained every fucking day, every training for six weeks. Like, has that impacted you guys at all? We've only really been rained on this week. So we... Wednesday, we got our session in on Wednesday. Thursday, we didn't, but we did like a learning and we did like a learning night and a gym night. And then yeah. Friday, we're at the beach. So watching the boys do line outs on the beach, um, you know, very good to watch and actually, actually a very good exercise because uh, if they didn't get their movement right, they, they fucked the whole thing up. So it was really good. But not obviously what you want. You can't pack scrums on the beach. You're not really going to maul on the beach. We couldn't go through any team stuff. But yeah, the only real session that fucked us up was Thursday, Friday. We haven't the, missed um, any others. The the forecast again is to just get fucking hammered this week. It's going like, to be shit, going to be shit all week. Hammered. So, uh, I suppose we're lucky in that the top squad has some sort of uh, malleability in the in the training field when they get cancelled and whatnot. And there is a field you can train on, but everyone so, else can't go. No. It's certainly been the the fucking wettest block of of training I can remember of training I can remember like in ten years. It's just been insane. So um, makes things a little bit difficult just because you. I mean, you can get through it, but some of that we we were getting there was lightning that bad. We like we had to take shelter for a little while. Can you train like even if it's just solidly wet? Can you train in any rain at all, or is it just lightning that you can't? Uh, like how's it work with you guys? Because if it's a little wet, we can train. Obviously, oh, yeah, yeah. Lot, and like if the field's underwater, like it was Thursday, Friday, you can't. But lightning is just boom. Yeah. So like if if there's look, if we had two weeks of great weather and then one week of pissing down, we'd probably cancel the session just because we know we've got those sessions in already. But when it's like this, we train unless someone's going to get hit by lightning. So yeah, um, and that's just because. You know we can't make them up this week because yeah. the weather forecast isn't any better. So it's uh, things aren't getting any better. Um, Have you broken into teams as of yet? No. So we do things a little bit different. We we effectively run as a squad of about 33, 34 uh, into the first trial. Um, we have and then play basically a split team. So yeah. you know what is so totally mixed up depending yeah. on who who you've got. And, some will be first grade, some will be second grade, some yeah. might be third grade. Yeah, yeah, but you'd be unlucky. Yeah, you some might be third grade just because, like, we have guys missing for, you know, one or two guys missing for the first. Or actually, a few guys missing for the first trial, but the first, the first trial is genuinely what is perceived as first grade, cut in half uh, with what is perceived as second grade, and then also some some mixtures in terms of you know playing guys in a position they might not play normally things like that so they've done that for probably three or four years um i hated doing it when i was a player but now that i don't have to play uh, i kind of like it who who are you playing gordon i believe okay so it'd be when do you have them probably the week after us yeah week but week before us maybe week before so um, yeah they they like last year i remember or the year before that they didn't 
I'm not sure they mix their teams really, um, which is fine. It really doesn't matter. Um, it's just in, it's really to see you know who's stepped up, who hasn't stepped up, who's who's playing well where. So yeah, will you tailor off your training for the trial block? Or are you pushing pushing hard all the way through? Um, a little. It's a, sort of been a little bit different. They probably haven't had as many kilometers on legs as they might get because it's going to be a long season. So I think the the Rob the S and C is a, he's got a certain approach that he's looking looking at. Um, but no, we won't be won't be tailoring off just because you know it's been hard to get under legs in general just with the rain. Yeah. Like we have had at least a session off. Um, so things will have to be on the incline until until round one. Um, but yeah, sweet man. Sweet. Um, that's pretty much all I got. I did have other questions. Oh, I yeah. can't think of it. I've had the most amazing day of my life. Went out for coffee, ended up in Marrickville eating Vietnamese food. Then, um, you know, the Opera House bar and then had a beer in the rocks and get to finish talking to you. So, that's a treat. let me, let me, that is a good day. Let me pull up this week's games because I'd like to just throw down who I think is going to win what now um, because I'm never wrong. Never uh, wrong. You just ran out of time. Undefeated, <laughs> undisputed. Oh, and of course, uh, it's not coming up. So that is absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh, nope, I've got it. Have we got any terrible stories to share? Anything? Any Any amusing anecdotes? Some cute photos of you going around in pools and shit over the weekend. Yeah, that was antics great. to report. Uh, no, I had one night in Terrigal um, on Friday night. Terrigal was as I remember it. One um, night in Terrigal makes a hard man humble. <laughs> makes a big man sweaty. That's what it does. <laughs> I, if I if I I did buy five COVID rapid tests today, and if I don't have COVID after going to uh, the famous Sirens in Terrigal, I cannot get it. I you're immune. The diseases can't get diseases, as they say. Yeah, they do say that. You say that regularly. And I tell, I'm telling you, if I didn't get COVID in that place um, and I'll retest tonight, I they need to take and, and study me. More than one reason, but they need to study me. Must have been nice seeing how the other half lived for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, it's a true mixture, Terrigal. I mean, I, I'm obviously a working-class man, so, um, you know. With a, law, with a law degree. I fit, well, I'm a working-class man. I fit in very well there. <laughs> Um, but it was, it's a, it's a scary place. It's, it can be a scary place. Sirens, <laughs> I think it has like top five, like most likely to get stabbed places in, uh, in New South Wales, but I had so, a great time. It's a good place to be at around two 30 in the morning. There's some characters that I, roam around there. Yeah. I look, I ejected a touch earlier, um, and opted for the, uh, vegan kebab special to the right. Vegan. Uh, not because you didn't trust the meat. You were sober enough I, to not. I definitely got, the, I definitely got chicken kebab. Um, but yeah, I'm getting old, and that's ruined my whole weekend. So I was tired yesterday. I'm tired today, and I'll be tired tomorrow, and nice, moving mate. forward. So, but I, uh, yeah, the, the I suppose we have a lot of players from the Central Coast at Eastwood, actually, like top two grades. We probably have five. Okay. Maybe. So and they're they're good guys. So it was just a matter of trying to uh, basically avoid them whilst we're out, uh, and unfortunately that didn't happen. I was tackled out front of a. A small bar before I'd had a beer, boy. So, so, what's your take on coaches drinking with players while I've got you? What's your have you got a hard and fast rule there? Uh, I think there's like if a, the guys I know, the guys have got a like a I don't know, a 1970s like a bonding session coming up, just go to the pub, have some beers. I don't think that's the place for me. 
Um, but you know, under the right, if you're going out to a dinner or you, you know, after the game, there's no, I, I don't have, you know, uh, there'd be no issue there, but I, you know, I, we, we won't be attending, you know, the Balmain hotel, uh, that'll be up to them. So I don't have a hard and fast rule really. What are your thoughts? Um, I, I'll, I'll have beers with the guys that I played with. So there's still some guys playing that, that were, you know, my era and I'm, I'm friends with them. So I have, they already know that I'm a complete fucking degenerate. So there's no point in hiding it. Uh, from them, but uh, the new guys and the young guys, nah. If I run into them, I'll say hi and then just well, I mean, disappear. You don't need to show them what you truly are either. They, I mean, they 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 probably have a perception that you're a reasonable guy. Um, so as a lot of them listen to this. Up, so a lot of them. Yeah, listen actually, to this. I have had that problem recently. Um, luckily, I only speak the truth on here, and I have nothing. No, I've no, I've no take backs or or apologies. So. Yeah, you know, the good um, thing about being yourself is you don't have to pretend to be anyone else. So, yeah, no, I mean it's a, it's it's not easy being me, mate. Um, but yeah, <laughs> look, after after those photos circulated uh, of me in the pool, um, I immediately like, I immediately like, go on a diet immediately. I, like, I saw uh, I screenshot one of them. I'm like, that is our promotional material. That cannot go sorted. Like, we uh we run a loose shippy, but if that goes up as promotional material, I'm out. I'm gone. I'm fucking out of you, mate. I might make it into a t-shirt. <laughs> Bro, if you make that into a t-shirt, I swear to you, I will leave the country and go take up arms. In, in All right, guys. If you're listening, 10% discount for any Eastwood player. Used code Woods, 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 10. you got to say Woods three times, then 10, and you'll get 10% off. All pr- Proceeds go to the Jed Gillespie School for kids that can't read good and who want to learn to do other stuff good as well. If any of the players do bite at that, um, I will. I don't have a lot of power, but I'll do my best to make sure they're either another club <laughs> or they're certainly not uh, in a grade that plays before 10.30 in the morning. You'll, you'll all be welcome at Southern Districts, boys. <laughs> yep, 100%. Get on down there. <laughs> all, all right. right. Got any any closing words? You got to uh, go. No, no, closing words. Any thoughts, any motivation, motivational sort of things for the listeners this week? Drew, Drew Melvin's going to be a big game. That's all I got in my mind at the moment. Um, motivational words. Put some fucking things in perspective, for goodness sake. No more bullshit social justice causes. There's a war going on in the Ukraine. There's people locked up in China. I don't care about fucking anything that you're posting. Stop it. Stop it now. There you go. Beautiful. I love it. If, if you're Cut listening, that. to, that's our promo for this week, guys. If you're listening, please subscribe to YouTube. Follow Looseheads at Two Looseheads on Instagram, Facebook, Tinder, TikTok, Grinder, LinkedIn, all that shit. Twitter, we'll get a Twitter sorted. And um, Jake Gillespie, pleasure as always, sir. Sweet brother. You have a good day.